Hey y'all, thanks for joining for another episode of the Auburn Observer Podcast. Did want to make a quick note before we begin. This episode does contain a small amount of explicit language. If that's not your thing, totally understand. Just wanted to make that clear up front. We appreciate your support of the Auburn Observer. Here's episode 223. I guess if you're listening to this right now, you're probably already aware. Maybe you're aware. Some of you uh, are definitely aware. Ferg is out, which we wish him the best. We miss him, uh, but he does deserve some time off, the sweet boy. Uh, So, you know, we thought we would do something a little different. You're familiar with one of our hosts tonight. That's right. It's brother Dave McKinney. David, how are we? Doing great. Uh, Turned 30 today, so um, depressed about that. Depressed about Auburn. I don't know why are you depressed. No, Things are going well, Dave. You, oh, I, you, you are doing well. You, have, yeah. you are a homeowner. Um, true. Your acoustics are getting better. That's true. Uh, I've, you I've look good. I appreciate that. Um, Didn't the Titans win today? Did they? I kind of checked out of the NFL because I spend 13 to 14 hours watching college football every Saturday, and it's just like i got to get stuff done. I think they did win, though. Um, usually around like week 11 or week 12 if they're heading toward the playoffs I'll, I'll get in there but I got, I got a fantasy win so no but you know everybody tells me uh the 30s are a good decade to which I have retorted had a lot of fun in my 20s so let's see how, how the 30s are but you know I'm not the uh I'm not the important important guest here tonight so yeah that's right uh we have brought in reinforcements normally I wouldn't have uh I wouldn't have tipped my hand the way I did online uh, the other night, but we had to push the podcast back uh, to a Monday release instead of Sunday, like typical, or like we typically do. So many of you are already uh, well aware he is the stats god, uh, niche stats god for Auburn Twitter. Yes, it is Josh Dub. Joshua, how are you? It's great to be here, guys. Doing great. Doing awesome. <laughs> Love that for us. Uh, Titan, Josh Titans Dub. won today. Colts lost today. So. Titans beat the Colts. It was rough. You're a Colts fellow, aren't you? Well, sort of. Um, once fantasy became big, Colts kind of slid to the side. Fantasy football, that was the priority. I'm, I'm dealing with a love-hate relationship with fantasy, and, and part of it is because one of my teams, actually, uh, Dave, the league we are in together, is very bad, <laughs> and so I'm very tired of fantasy. And the other league I'm in, it's going fine, but uh, it has become a nuisance to me this year. My uh, my Titans fanhood can be described in the fact that the Titans played the Colts today, and I started Matt Ryan in fantasy and was actively cheering for Matt Ryan to score. So I, you know, I'll I'll, I'll check in on him every now and then, but uh, it's not it's not hardcore. I'll, I'll give you that. Josh, I did want to mention. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Josh. No, I was going to say fantasy's great because I can check out of the bad franchise whenever I want exactly. and exactly. root for their opponents, root for whoever. Um, unfortunately, my own. Fantasy drafting is worse than the Colts, so um, not not a big light at the end of the tunnel right there. So. Uh, I am curious. I, I've actually meant to ask you this privately, so I guess it works out nicely. How did you become uh, 
the stats god of Auburn Twitter. And also, like, how is it you describe yourself? I think it's on your Twitter bio. I'm seeing how many times I can reference Twitter in the first five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> but, like, you point out, like, the stats are favorable to you, like how you want them to be many times. Right, yeah. So um, back in college, uh, 2014, I had a light workload one semester, and it was Gus's Four. second year. I was sitting there going, man, Gus has won like the first 16 of his first 18 games or something like that. It's like, that's got to be pretty good in Auburn history. But I couldn't find that anywhere. So I decided to just make it. Um, I opened up Excel and I put the the Auburn results on the TV and I just started typing and I did it by hand over the course of like three weeks. Um, now I could... I could automate the whole thing now in like, I don't know, an hour, but I, I did the whole thing by hand, gosh, eight years ago, and um, have just been slowly adding to it ever since. Does the material, given that some of the stuff you're looking at is so specific, ever stick with you, or does it just wash through? Like, you'll do it, you'll find the numbers, and then it's like, I'm not going to remember this in three weeks. Uh, specific numbers, no, but like specific filters, Definitely. Like, I mean, because like nowadays, Auburn is not great at football, so it gets harder and harder <laughs> to apply filters that spit out positive results, right? So, um, you know, as I keep doing this thing, I have to keep, like, it, sometimes it's easy, like, oh, yeah, on the, I don't know, the 13th day of the month, Auburn has a record of this, and then I can do that once, and then the next time I do that, I have to add another filter and then another one, and then another one for it to spit out some sort of winning record. <laughs> you got, um, and we're at a point where you really got to dig hard for some positivity yeah. to come out. I, uh, I really enjoy the win, the basketball win expectancy charts, most A, because of Auburn, and B, because there's always like a 1% chance that George is just never going to win a basketball game. <laughs> those, I, find that, I find that hilarious. The season goes on, and um, – Auburn's Auburn's chart just keeps drifting to the right. So if if you're looking at them, you know X Y plane, the, the further right you get is is more expected wins. And last year for Georgia, bless their hearts, it was just like a straight vertical line <laughs> yeah. as far left awesome. as you could go. It just it never it never progressed until they managed to beat Alabama, which was wonderful. Oh, yeah. And we what love a that. twist. We love them for that. Um, yeah, no, like I said, we're. I feel like we're really getting to a point. And, like, somebody – I feel like every every week now after games, people are like, this is the first time Auburn has done this bad since World War Two or, like, 19 – and it's, like, historically bad. Like, this is the first time Auburn has done this horrible stat since the Jimmy Carter administration. And it's just like, how, how, how much worse is this going to get? And it's almost like – is it fun? I don't know if fun is the right word, but it's like, how bad could this get? And is that the way to enjoy this going forward? It's either stats from about 75 years ago or when we were sophomores in college, which, yeah. as you will recall, <laughs> Dave, just, those yeah. comparisons were unpleasant you don't ones. Want any, yeah, you, you don't want that. You certainly don't want that. Uh, Josh, I graduated in 2016, took a victory lap at Auburn. What year did you graduate? I graduated uh, December of 2015, so... Just about 2016. Oh, nice. Okay. I, I too took the, the extra semester. I had to. We've, uh, I, I thought I was getting a really good football season, 
turns out it was just a football season in 2015. <laughs> I will I will not disclose exactly what it is you do, but I will say that Josh Dubbs' major was exceedingly more difficult than anything I ever endeavored. So uh, a little bit more reasonable for him to have taken the victory lap or half victory lap, whatever it was. I guess on that note, um, we can start with football. Uh, we will get to basketball later. We're recording this late on Sunday, if that matters to you. So you'll get this. You'll be listening on a Monday probably or maybe later in the week. Uh, there was no game for Auburn, which I think most people found to be pleasant. Um, do we have any uh, aerial takes, anything from the macro that we want to just dive into? I mean, Dave, you and I are sort of on the same wavelength in many regards. So I figured I'd open it up to Josh Dubb and just let him start wherever he wants to go. And then if there's a long silence, I can always just edit that out, Josh Dubb, because I am putting you on the spot. You know, <laughs> um, I've made it clear on Twitter how I feel about our current head coach. Um, if every day we keep him, every Saturday that goes by, whether we play or not, is a loss. Yeah, I agree. And so every, everyone made the joke, oh, Auburn's not losing this weekend. Well, we kind of <laughs> did. I mean, no we didn't, yeah. our program didn't get any better this weekend. Um, no, no big macro takes. I mean, let's just wait and see when the AD news drops. I mean, it's got to happen soon, right? Yes, I, I would expect sometime in the next week, maybe two, to at least know who it's likely to be. Um, it, it does, I'm getting a sense, and you are certainly where I am on this, it is apathy. There is no real, this season doesn't seem, it, it counts, it very much counts, it very much sucks. Yeah. But also, there's not a whole lot of, like, dread anymore. You just kind of know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, we're going to lose to Arkansas. I don't I don't have any doubt about that. And, Painter, I said this in the group text, uh, in the group, in the podcast thread with you and uh, when Pablo, like, last weekend was an awesome weekend of college football. I watched college football all day on Saturday. It was so much fun, like, so many good games. And one of my favorite things to do on Sunday morning is listen to the Split Zone Duo Rundown when it comes out, when they just do kind of the 30, 45-minute quick rundown of all the games. And I'm at the point where I don't want to listen to them talk about Auburn because it's just not fun anymore. And, like, Auburn is just irrelevant right now in these in this in this season where a bunch of fun stuff is happening. Like, TCU is a great story. Tennessee, who I despise but is still a great story. Like, there's – you know, Kansas was a great story for a while and, and still is kind of out there – you know, they've lost a few games, but it's still a, a good story. And it just sucks that Auburn is, is not a part of that. Like, we're, I was looking at the top 25 today. Like, again, TCU is ranked. Tulane is ranked. Illinois is ranked. South Carolina is 5-2. And, and Auburn is just irrelevant. And it's just – it's a bummer because, like, not only nationally, but especially in the SEC, a lot of these teams are on an upward trajectory. Like, again, South Carolina. Um, you know, Arkansas is struggling, but they're still better than what they've been. Um, you know, Almost every team in the SEC, with the exception of Texas A&M and Auburn, are on an upward trajectory. And I love that it's happening to Texas A&M, but I hate that it's happening to Auburn. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's a bummer because, like I, like I said, you know, it, Auburn is just irrelevant in the national college football conversation right now, and it's a bummer. And that is uh, how I feel about that. <laughs> so please subscribe to this podcast for more super fun takes and more fun conversation. Well, it's a tough time to not be having a good season, I think, on a fan level because you're right, the SEC West is competitive. You've got these teams like Ole Miss, like Arkansas, that are punching above their weight from where they typically are. 
South Carolina, I think they're five and two. Is that right? Yeah, they're five. I mean, yeah. I, so I, I think it's a little misleading, but like you know, I mean, wins are wins. So five yeah. and two with a coach who, quite frankly, I sort of mocked when they hired Beamer. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, you know, uh, what are you going to do, Painter? Uh, the other <laughs> thing is like, there's just a lot going on in chain, like the landscape of college football, right? Like we've had the addition of NIL. Um, we know that we're headed towards some sort of expanded playoff, uh, presumably 12 teams. There's conference realignment. Like there, there's all these things happening. This doesn't seem like a good time to not be competitive in football. Right. And Josh, it's like you said, I think every week that this staff, this lame duck staff who 99% sure they are, it is not going to be the staff next year. Every day that they are in place, Auburn is not moving forward. They are at the at the very minimum in neutral and typically moving backwards, and it's just like college football is racing toward the future, and Auburn is racing the other way. Right, and just imagine what you know. They, they put out all these graphics last week about how they're out on the road during the bye week. What what are they what are they out there saying? I mean, given this half-hearted pitch about yeah, the, you know, hey, come play for us next year, like at right. Auburn. Were they recruiting for Auburn? None of them are going to be at Auburn next year. And it was all reactionary, too, because there were those, I think uh, I think Christian Clemente at 24-7 put mm-hmm. out the thing that was like, these guys have not been on the road, and like there was a piece in Sports Illustrated about all these high school coaches, and it's like, okay, well, we're going to put out these graphics. Hey, congratulations on doing your job? I, the bare I minimum. Right. Like, I, you know, I don't go to work every morning and sit like, hey, guys, uh, here's a graphic of me sitting in my office typing up a spreadsheet. I'm just Clocking in. doing it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's, uh, it's becoming, it's becoming comical. Like, it really is. It's, it's comical. And I do not think that Auburn is going to beat Arkansas. Um, you know, I also hot, keep hot coming back there, to, but... to the preseason of like, there was so much arrogance. Yes. Yeah about what this season would be instead of, and I don't know how realistically he, Harson or the staff could have taken this tone publicly, but I think it would have been better knowing what we know now anyway, if he had come out and said, give it some time. We're going to start recruiting better. We're going to show a bit of a blueprint. We'll go from there. Instead, it was like, no, we're going to take the world by storm and prove to everyone that they don't know what they're talking about. But you mentioned recruiting better. Like that was something that they were – going to do but we're, we're sitting here I don't know uh, October 23rd 24th when you're listening to this and Auburn is not recruiting better in fact I mean by every metric Auburn has recruited substantially yes. worse than the previous head coaches staffs ever did um, I, it's I actually quite impressive given that I think there's a baseline level of success you can you tend to enjoy at a program with the status that Auburn does right and we aren't so even if even if you come out and say, yeah, we're going to recruit better, um, it's going to be a little rough. Just bear with us. They haven't done that. They haven't yeah. even tried. And Josh, you pointed out on Twitter, like they're not doing anything well. I mean, it's just that's no. just that, like that sounds mean. But the fact of the matter is, this it's just nothing good is happening right now. Um, you know, at least Texas A&M, like you can dog on Texas A&M for losing all these games, which again, hilarious. Uh, Jimbo's offense is terrible, and I again, I find that hilarious. But they got the number one recruiting class in the country coming in, and they've got talent already on that roster. So, like, it's going to happen for Texas A&M at some point. I know that everybody, you know, again, it's hilarious to make fun of Jimbo, and maybe it won't, but, like, something tells me that the talent is going to rise to the occasion there at some point. 
Sure. Auburn doesn't have Auburn doesn't and have that excuse. That's the thing. If if we were sitting here with a three and four record as we do, and there were four offensive line blue chip recruits in our class <laughs> right now, I'd be like, guys, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's obviously yeah. building something, you know. But alas, here <laughs> we are. That is not the case. I just Yeah. I'm at a loss for words. No, I, I agree. And, and we're rudderless without leadership um, from the athletic department. I know we have a wonderful interim AD, but um, we need a real AD, a real athletic director. And, you know, it's it's been two months now. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think you mean it like as a derogatory thing toward McGlynn. No. It's more like... We don't actually have someone – like, we, right now he has the interim tag. He would – Which means I mean, even if he becomes the athletic director, um, which I don't think is what's going to happen, but obviously I could be wrong. I'm not some sort of insider. But, it, like, right now he's not in a position to enact whatever vision he would have if he is the athletic director. Right, because he's few, just – I mean, weeks. he's a substitute teacher. And even though he's – he would make a really good athletic director, I really do believe that. And if, if they announced this week that he was the guy, I'm all for that. Um, but, but he do it. is just the going to do it, do it. Right. Do it. I mean, do it a week ago. Do it two yeah. months ago. You could have made that decision, just, whatever. Um, every minute we sit here without that and without some other things happening, we continue to go backwards. But I really, I mean, I, I think it would be really smart for Auburn to, you know, put out the press release on Wednesday, fly him in Friday, strut him out at halftime of the game Saturday in front of 80,000 people. You know, gets gets on the field, waves at midfield, all that good stuff. Say, hey, this is our new AD, whoever it is, um, so that if, if it's after the Arkansas game that his first introduction to the fan base is, oh, hey, here's your guy, and oh, he's now firing the head coach. Yeah, we need that positive uh, moment Saturday. Yeah, strut, strut him out there at halftime when the score is twenty-eight to three. All right, for, for, first commercial break, it's still zero-zero. <laughs> We've only punted once. But, uh, well, if, if it's 0-0, zero, zero, we'll probably go with a fake punt on our own 34-yard line uh, against a team that's averaging nine yards carry. I, I still haven't gotten over that in case anybody's wondering. I think that's the last time we recorded was after the Georgia game, and I was mad about it then, and I'm still mad about it. Well, speaking, about, uh, speaking of rushing, uh, by the time you're listening to this, Ferg has put out a nice story about Auburn's run defense and what's different between last year when Auburn had a – run defense by all accounts that was typically very you know successful uh, and what it is this year and I think it is to points both of you have just made here uh, a few seconds ago like we're going backwards we're, we're rudder rudderless is that right rudderless mm-hmm. um, you know it's just uh, you know so I'm, I'm trying not to harp too much on the negative as we do this because that's obviously we're, we're all aware that it's not a good situation for the football program um, I guess let's turn our attention then to Arkansas at this point. Uh, I am a little nervous about how we're going to stop Arkansas's ground game, given what we've seen from Auburn against uh, Georgia and Ole Miss specifically. They have a quarterback that's large. I think he's something to the tune <laughs> of about 240 pounds. Uh, I tend to make fun of how often he is compared to Cam Newton for a lot of reasons. I think that's silly, but he is one thing for sure. Uh, large and capable of running also, which means that Auburn's going to probably have to account for that. I don't think it will go well. What say y'all? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you mentioned KJ Jefferson. Rocket Sanders, 
super fast, um, can, can really hurt you in a lot of different ways, um, especially if you are a team that tends to lack gap integrity and run fits, and Auburn is a team that laps, lacks gap integrity and run fits. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I mean, I think it could be close, especially if, if Auburn runs the ball like they did against Ole Miss, which came completely out of nowhere. Um, there is like a there's like a weird mythology with Tank versus Ole Miss where he just yeah. destroys Ole Miss every year. Um, it's at home. It is at eleven. Auburn is sort of wading into the triple Dave special uh, every game now, where you know we're the JP pilot JP pilot sports game of the week. I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel good about it. Um, I will wake up and watch the game, expecting us to lose. You know, I um, after Ole Miss. I allowed myself a little optimism, and um, then LSU managed to score 50 points against Ole Miss, yeah. um, and I didn't think LSU was that good on offense. So, you know, here we are, back where we were before the game. I just, if, if Auburn can – we don't have to move the ball really good. You just have to keep it moving. Um, yeah. Maybe they can hang in there for a little while. I mean, we're, we're five-point underdogs at home which to Arkansas. So, you know, those casinos don't build themselves, right? Like, they're pretty right. good at predicting it. Um, maybe it's close. Uh, Painter, can I can I gloat on myself for just a, a second? Quick, Please, quick? this is the time to do it. You know, I love you that. Know, you know, and this is this is not an Auburn-related thing, but, uh, you know, I, I think on the one of the early appearance, one of my early appearances on this show, I said, and this is not, this was not like a nuclear brain take, but... Say what you will about him. He's kind of an a-hole. He's kind of mean. He is kind of a joke in uh, social media and stuff. Brian Kelly, hell of a football coach, and is going to do big things at LSU. And I think yesterday, their 45-20 to 20 win over, L- or over Ole Miss is going to be a, a cornerstone when we look back at um, at Brian Kelly there. I, I, which, again, ties back into, like, a lot of teams are in an upward trajectory. LSU went and got a $15 million coach who is the all-time winningest coach at freaking Notre Dame and been in the playoff a bunch of times. And Auburn's over here doing whatever it is that they're doing. And LSU's out there gotten Brian Kelly. Again, kind of an asshole. Hell of a football coach. Yeah, and that all starts with good leadership at the top. I mean, they have an athletic director who's not afraid to swing for the fences. And as we said, Auburn right now doesn't have permanent leader in place oh man oh Tough. yeah I, I guess to piggyback off of the um the brian kelly thing i i understand that he is not liked by about anyone like it sounds like brian kelly the people that have worked with and for him don't particularly care for the guy certainly media members do not generally like him that's consistent i think it is part of the reason he's covered the way he's covered i did always think it was a bit odd and I think I've got this on record on a couple of different episodes of saying if Les Miles could win at LSU, if at Orgeron, who I think has objectively did some things well before it all came crashing down, like if he's capable of that, Brian Kelly could find success. And yeah. when we had Brody Miller on to preview the Auburn LSU game, that was much earlier in the season, but he said even in the few weeks uh, building up to the Auburn game, LSU had shown improvement in every game. There were things you could point to. 
where they were getting better. And now, you know, I'm not expecting LSU to go on some crazy run, but like we're, we're a little more than halfway through the season. And what Brody said has definitely materialized. Like this is a team that is very far from where it was when they lost to Florida state in the season opener. And Auburn is doing the opposite of that. So uh, fun times on the plains. I think that does it for football. Josh, anything else? Uh, Dave and I have done a lot of talking so far. Anything else revolving around football or the state of the program that uh, stands out to you? You know, I've, I've seen flashes from Ashford that I like. Um, I mean, he's certainly a playmaker. He's, he's a little raw, uh, likes to make some questionable decisions, but he's a really good athlete. He can throw the ball exactly where he wants to uh, quite often. Um, if he can kind of eliminate the really, really bad decisions and he, we could recruit an offensive line that protect him just a little bit longer. I really think we could do something good with him. Uh, I'm curious to see if he sticks around, you know, depending on who the next coach is. Yeah. Yeah, Good point. (laughs) Can I ask a non-football question? Uh, Yes, please. Josh, uh, how is Disney on ice? (laughs) wonderful wonderful um i'll say my kids loved it and uh, i'm I'm really glad we got to do it they were Uh, obsessed honestly seems like a nice way to spend an evening or an afternoon i mean better than better than what we are doing on saturdays typically i wish it had been i wish it had been saturday instead of friday but that's okay so dave was or pablo was in disney world and you were disney on ice yeah just loads of fun a lot of Disney in this uh, <laughs> Kids, in this man. world right now. Kids, uh, no, I'm, I'm not hating. Just to be clear, not not a hater. Uh, I guess one last thing regarding football: it will either uh, make you collectively groan with many other people for bringing this up, or it will make you go, "Ha! I told you so." Maybe somewhere in between. Quite frankly, there are some pretty reasonable people that listen to this. <laughs> Bo Nix doing well. Oh boy, having the Here time of his life. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, a lot of discussions on the uh, the message boards about, oh, oh, Bo Nix, we can't, you know, who cares about Bo Nix? He left Auburn behind. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. He should have. He, he made the right decision. Look at this man. Oregon might go to the playoff. He's unironically a dark horse for the Heisman. Le- legitimately, <laughs> dude. I mean, ugh. I mean, and, you know, I don't, I don't know how much better Auburn is with him right now. Maybe, maybe they're five and two, um, because the offensive line is is just is what it is, and that is probably a one of the foremost reasons why he left. Um, and again, but dude, good for him. Like, yeah. I know it was probably a hard decision, but uh, you know, it was the right decision. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with you that like there's really not much you could do as a I mean I think you could drop Cam Newton back on this team behind this line and it just you would get maybe a different result here or there yeah. but it's it, like what is any one person going to do in that position and is, and so yeah that's that's understandable I suppose I people that are upset about it will point to the Georgia game at the beginning of the year um, just smoked an undefeated UCLA team dude smoked them. And he looked really good. I mean, yeah. I don't think he had a bad throw all night. Two weeks ago, he had like an 85-yard touchdown run. Like, that is fun. Literally, he's having fun. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, man. I, oh, it, uh, it's tough. It is, it is 
tough. And Painter, you said you mentioned the thing about like Harson and the coaches have acting the way they were acting before the season about like just watch and all this stuff. And the offensive line was doing a little bit of that, doing a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of strutting <laughs> too, too much for my comfort. And it's like, I was the, like the, we will revisit some of these quotes. The coaching and the offensive line are probably the two worst things happening on this team right now, and they were the two most like confident before that. what you know i don't i don't even remember who it was he's like oh yeah i think we can demolish georgia's front seven. Oh, oh, you said that out loud for people to like repeat on the internet purpose yeah <laughs> what amazing respect the confidence so good for bo nix i agree with y'all um hope that rest of the season goes well for oregon yes it is true that they are playing in a conference that is not nearly as tough as what he would be playing in um but I'm I'm glad that at this point it seems to be working out for him. I, I think uh, he unequivocally made the right call to get out of town while he could. So switching gears, unless there's anything else, Dave, you are starting to speak. Was there something else? Do Oregon and USC play each other in the regular season? I don't believe so. I think okay. if they are going to match up, it would have to be in a championship, championship game. Okay, okay. Gotcha. I think the hardest game remaining on their schedule is a Utah team that I believe they, they host Utah. Dude, that... Did y'all watch Utah USC last week? Mm-hmm. Most of it, yeah. It was awesome. Last week was incredible. I think two weeks from now, next week's slate is is not great. I think two weeks from now is uh, I think like Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Bama, which I think LSU Bama is probably going to get a little more hype than it, it is going to end up deserving. But it is probably going to be a night game in Death Valley. But I think two weeks from now is going to be a really really fun slate. I think Auburn plays Mississippi State, who looks like trash, but will probably look good against Auburn. So. Uh, yeah, Oregon does host Utah for those okay. who care, but uh, I don't think that many of you do. And yeah. quite honestly, I'm probably belaboring the point. So Auburn <laughs> basketball, yes. uh, that is something that we feel much better about. In fact, I think, uh, like water in the desert, we are all running <laughs> toward it. Man, we're close. We're getting really close. What is November 7th? Is that the first game? I, I know we've got an exhibition somewhere in there. Exhibition is good enough for me, man. I'll, I'll take anything I can get at this point. I love the uh, I love the concept of the secret scrimmage. That's yeah. like, how do we even confirm that this really happened? Because I've seen like you know people just like throw out stats, and I'm like, sure, I'm, yeah, I I'll believe that. And it's like, maybe I'll take that approach to Auburn football going forward. You just, you just tell me what happens, and I'll just choose to believe you. Like, oh, so sorry. so, I I do understand where you're coming from. Like, yes, I guess be cautious about. You know, take take some things with a grain of salt, but it is true that those information about the games have and, and you know will get out. Um, I, I think you're going to be able to find some nuggets uh, about yeah. what happened in that game. And um, so Auburn does play George Mason November seventh. Uh, from the little bit that I understand, again, won't pretend to be an insider. I, I do think that that scrimmage went well for Auburn. I'm sure, though, that uh, Bruce will be sure to tell us all the things that they did not do well. Or, well, he can't do that because they can't talk about it. But somehow or another, uh, there will be a a way in which it is described that Auburn has uh, a long way to go, which is probably true uh, in many ways. Josh Dubb, speaking of your data points, when expectancy for Auburn is hovering around where as we are uh, very close to the season starting? Oh, my gosh. You put me on the spot. That's fine. Take your time. I can stall for you, big guy. No worries there. Our I'm looking forward to your annual tweet of uh, 
everybody responding with how many games I think Auburn's going to win. I, that's a big, that's an enjoyable thing for me every year when I just yeah, like that, that got out of hand. I got to figure out a better way to do that. There were like four hundred <laughs> responses last year. I think I, I think that I felt like I was optimistic and still undershot it because Auburn had such a good regular season. Well, sure. I mean, we all did. We're all like, oh yeah, like 20, 22 wins and your sunshine pumping, and then <laughs> Auburn's like, nah, man, we're we're just gonna rattle off however many straight. Uh, looks like right now we're projected to go twenty and eleven. Which interesting. That is a little lower than I would have thought. Well, I mean, I, that's with the fifty-fifty. Um, you know, we have that second game in Kinkin against yeah. Liberty or Northwestern, so I just plug in 50% for that when it's probably like, I don't know, 75 or 80. I think we're Is probably what, better like than both of those teams. 11-7 league play? Yes. That I can handle. I can handle that. I mean, it is a tough league, and, you know, I mean, like Auburn dropped games last year to like a Florida team that was somewhere probably between fine and good. Uh, so, like, there will probably be some of those this year. Uh, obviously, the top four or five teams in the league really stick out. Every one of those is going to be a, just a dogfight. Um, yeah, but I don't year... think we're going to lose many games in non-conference. I no. mean, it's not. It's like it's not a cakewalk. Don't get me wrong. There's not any like huge names on it, but also, I don't think I see us losing more than two non-conference games. And and that to me feels like a worst case scenario. Am I? Am I living too? Am I huffing gas off of last season too much with that? Two, I mean, I would say that it's very reasonable that we could lose three, um, just because the the trip out west isn't going to be a cakewalk. Going mm-hmm. to USC and to Washington, I mean, going zero and two in that stretch isn't ideal. But those are two really good teams that, um, you know, I got to see USC play in person in Greenville last year. Um, they played after Auburn on uh, Friday night there, but um, they're a good team, and I don't really know anything about Washington, but I'm sure they'll <laughs> they'll be okay. I think that St. Louis game, that St. Louis game on November 27th coming back from Cancun, I think that's going to be a pretty tough game. They gave us a... All I, that we wanted yeah, last it, year. Was it, was it an overtime game? I don't remember the details. Maybe one of you can Google it. But I, know we were, I, I, I don't know if it was overtime. I know we were down. I think we were down. Yeah, I was going to say they controlled some of that game. Yeah. And that was when the team was still kind of, you know, gelling together. But I think that'll be a, a good game. We get that at home. Uh, Memphis in Atlanta. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I'll be at that game. Got really gotta, You really got to go for the uh, away and neutral site games with Auburn basketball at this point if you care about paying your bills. It has been fun to see people try to dunk on Auburn for having a small arena, and it's like, why would I care about that? We're yeah. winning like more than anyone else at right. home, and every away coach talks about how good – like every coach mentions how good the environment is. And other coaches are not obligated to do that. In fact, I would argue that it's probably better for them not to talk about how one of their opponents has this awesome environment. Yeah, our winning streak at home is, is – um definitely is, is going to go a long way for us this year. I mean, you know, the, the computers don't really look at Auburn Arena any different than any sure. other um, college venue, but Auburn just plays better there and yeah. you can look at the last five years of results. Non-COVID year excluded, obviously, but um, 
it, it, it is a nice coincidence that we were bad that year, so we could just blame it on the lack, lack of crowd. It is, it is kind of funny to, like, to, you mentioned the COVID year, like, you see highlight, like, if you go back and watch, like, Sharif Cooper college highlights, it's so sad, like, it's so depressing to watch clips from those games, because it's like, I can't imagine playing a college a college basketball game like that. It looked, I mean, you know, it has like a high school vibe to it. And it's just a, a bummer. But like, yeah, um, I think, you know, Painter, you mentioned about like the, the atmosphere and, oh, you know, oh, other stadiums are bigger. But like, would you rather play in Auburn Arena or, or in Coleman Coliseum where like you can sit a million, mil, a million miles away from the from the court, you know, like when the, where the well, it's also funny like, when it's yeah. coming from them because they are basically modeling yeah. a lot of their arena after ours, which I like, fine. That's a, you know, it's worked out well for us. I, I tend to think that their administration has done a lot of smart things, so go for it. But yeah, uh, it's, it's funny coming from them. And I saw a Tennessee fan trying to, to get on Ferg about something. And it's just <laughs> like, man, just the Tennessee fans, we have truly, because they have been so easy to make fun of for the last decade and a half, I, th- I think people are about to find out just how insane they are. Because, like, them and Arkansas have long been two of my least favorite fan bases, in large part because of the unwarranted arrogance. And I guess Tennessee's a, perhaps approaching a place where it may have some warranted arrogance. If football is going to be competitive, say what you will about Barnes. He puts them in a good position in the regular season just about every year. Their baseball team was good last year. Like, there are some things happening for Tennessee that seem to be promising. I don't like it. I don't – I cannot – I can't live in a world – like, let me tell you this. I hate Tennessee, and this is generally a different topic. I hate Tennessee, and I hate Bryce Harper. And we are barreling toward a world where Tennessee is playing in the playoff or the SC championship, and Bryce Harper has a World Series championship. That's not a world I'm interested in living in. I can't. I don't want Tennessee to be good at anything. It was. It's hilarious that their baseball team was cocky a holes the entire season and lost before they got to the College World Series. I hate their. I just hate them. I hate them. Like I was actively rooting for Alabama, which makes me feel disgusting inside. But I wanted Alabama to win that game because I hate Tennessee, dude. I can't. I can't have Tennessee being good. I just. I can't accept that. I won't. Uh, are they so for a lot of people who grew up in Georgia? Obviously, they have a special uh, dislike of the Georgia Bulldogs in their heart. Uh, you are that way, and that you grew up in Nashville, yes. And so, it's, you know, Alabama's I think a top uh, top of the list of teams that you do not care for, oh, yeah. but well, Tennessee yeah. a close second. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't do it, man. I <laughs> I hope Georgia beats them. I, I somebody. Somebody knock them off. And obviously I'm jealous. Like, this is all coming from a place of jealousy because they're awesome and Auburn stinks. Um, somebody take care of them for me. And honestly, if it's not Georgia, I would love it to be like Vanderbilt or just someone funny. Kentucky. That would be great. Yeah. I think Kentucky has yeah. a bye week before they play Tennessee. Nothing better. Yeah, Nothing get, better than get, if Kentucky pulled that off. Get the boys rested up and get after the balls, please. Sorry, I derailed us. Back to basketball. Auburn has the chance. Our last <laughs> our last home game is against Tennessee. We have yes. the chance to end the season with a win over Tennessee. I'm not saying we're going to clinch the title that day or anything like that, but you could definitely, you know, they're projected to win the title. I mean, by the computers. I don't I think 
Kentucky won the media vote or something, but um, the computers think Tennessee's going to have the best record. Hmm. If Auburn can beat them on the last Saturday of the season, that would just, you know. Oh. They'll be walking around maybe with yeah. their rings or whatever. They've already mm-hmm. won. Who cares? We're going to beat them on the last Saturday of the season. That That's, that's going to feel really good. Some positive vibes heading into the SEC tournament, yes. please. Correct me if I'm wrong. Auburn beat Tennessee on the last day, Saturday of the season. I think we played them a lot on the last day of the season, but when, when we made the Final Four run, I think Tennessee was like number five, and we beat them in Auburn. It was a comeback victory, and that's kind of what – that was the, one of the springboard games for us in the Final Four run, so I would enjoy that. Um, I know who uh, Dave's answer to this question is, Josh. Who are you most excited about watching? Man, uh, a a healthy KD Johnson um, is is just so much fun. I I mean I don't know. It's like picking a favorite kid, right? Like I don't. <laughs> I, we'll do, we're gonna do that next. Dylan is just everything. Um, I've, I've loved Dylan since the moment he came on the court as a true freshman. Uh, Zep, I'm very excited to hear you say both of them because those are like two people who I absolutely did not see that yeah. answer coming from, and it yeah. is actually refreshing. All right, so I was talking with some friends about KD and how that – and y'all talked about it on, I think, the, the last pod about how he got hurt. He hurt his wrist or something yeah. against Georgia. Yeah. You know his um, his field goal percentage before the Georgia game? It was He was 35% from three before the Georgia game. After the Georgia game, he was 18%. A, a healthy KD Johnson is just a game changer. And yeah. You put a healthy Katie Johnson on the floor against A and M in the tournament game against Miami. Those are those are completely different games. Uh, he, he just didn't have a shot. It was very clear um, that he, it just wasn't himself. I'm just so excited to watch him get back out there full strength, just harass folks. Um, he's going to break the uh, the Auburn career steals record. I think he's going to get high up there in the SEC, depending on how long he stays. He's just so much fun to watch. And then Dylan, God bless him, he's just the best. Um, I think – oh, sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I was going to say, you know, Auburn had a player last year that averaged a block every nine minutes he was on the floor, and that was Dylan Cardwell. Now, Walker was like five minutes and something, but Dylan, he, he just happened to be behind a guy that's tearing it up in the NBA right now. I mean, Broom coming in, that, that that's going to be a really – exciting dynamic broom's gonna come off the floor dylan's gonna come on shot block kings yeah and I think, i'm in wait and see mode with dylan yeah man i i think something with kd is um this is a thought i had the other day you know you mentioned he he got hurt and he looked you know i mean i think we can just say it he looked bad in the in the games against texas a&m and the games against miami so he just had a couple bad games down the stretch and I think that that is the kind of the national perception of him at this point because those are the games that had more eyes on them. But, you know, people like us who are watching every single game, every Tuesday, Saturday night, whatever, Katie Johnson won Auburn several you know. Yeah. Auburn loses a lot more games without Katie Johnson. He, you know, he is the kind of guy who can take over a game. He's He gets a little bit out of control, but not only can he go get a bucket, but he can go get a, you know, he can go get a foul and just – you know, if he's if he's not getting a bucket, he's he's getting up there and, and getting fouled and drawing contact. So, um, I think he just gets a little bit of an unfair rep um, because, like you said, he, he got hurt and he, I think he shot over sixteen in the Texas A&M game, and those are the games that just uh, had more people watching them because they're national games. But um, 
Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm really excited about KD and, and Painter. I, I think you pointed out in the last show, um, when your, your all-basketball show with Ferg last week, is I think that there was a drop-off when Walker came off the, off the floor and um, Dylan went in that is, that is going to be less significant this year when Janai Broom comes off the floor and Dylan goes in. And Dylan looked... I think if you go back and look at Dylan in the middle of last season and look what he looked like then and what he looked like in Israel, I think he did some work in the off season. I think he kind of, you know, it looks like he, he hit the weights. It looks like he's put on some good, good muscle. Um, he looks like a different guy. He looks a lot more athletic. He was in, he was doing Euro steps in Israel. So, uh, I think that he there's some is, folks beating the drum about how much he's improved. Yeah, and, you know, I, mean, I know I everybody's like, improved. Everybody feels good in the off season. So I'm, I'm taking that with a grain of salt, but yeah, I agree, and um, you know, you asked the question about favorite player. I'm doing I'm doing prayer circles on Chance Westry's knee, but man, I'm telling you, Chance Westry is going to be a baller. We got to get that knee healed up. Don't push him back too quickly. You know, don't push it. Let the knee heal up. Get him right. He's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. And I hope that he stays in Auburn. You know, that's the thing about about the you know the one and done thing. It's like I want him to stay at Auburn forever. But if he's gonna have to be a one and done, that means he's awesome. Right. So, right. Um, and I'm, I almost feel like Johan is not even getting talked about that much uh, because we talk about the guys who are coming back and you, then you talk about Janai and Chance Westry and then it's like, we still have a five-star freshman coming in. So, like, this is a talented team, man. This, this is a team that has a chance to, to do some things. I'm, I'm in waiting to see mode on, the, on, on Wendell, honestly. Um, I, think, I think Wendell's going to end up on an all-SEC team and I won't be surprised if Janai does as well. I mean, yeah, I think I Wendell had a couple bad last possessions that everyone. Yeah. It's impossible to forget some of those possessions, but and I'm guilty of that, hundred um, percent. I mean, he, he he's just a baller. Like he, he's he's so good. He's he's fantastic, and um, I don't. I'm excited for him. Um, Zepp is. I've talked to like I think Chief and I, um, AU Chief shares this opinion that like when we watch Auburn basketball. It's it's really hard to not just watch Zepp Jasper play the entire time that he's on the court because he just he just annoys the stew out of whoever he is supposed to be guarding and it is hilarious to watch. Um, it, he's got to be one of the most experienced guys in the country at this point. I mean, right, he's like thirty. <laughs> he's been calling for so long. <laughs> I think was he? No, never mind. Actually, no, I think he was. I think he was on the College of Charleston team that Auburn beat in the tournament that year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. I've had this conversation like That would have been times. 2019, right? 2018, 2019 Was it season? that recently? I think it was – it feels like it was a long time ago. But, yeah, he's, he's been in college a long time. I will say I'm getting a little worried about how much of my emotional well-being I'm investing in Auburn being good because I think they are going to be good. But, like, I told my wife the other day, I was like, well, at least we have basketball season coming up. She was like, what if – what, what if, if it doesn't what if work that's out? that's also bad? And I was like, what the hell do you mean? What is that? Is that possible? <laughs> okay, but last year we had Jabari Smith that would, um, you know, if the team was just playing poor, Jabari Smith could just be Jabari Smith and just right. flat out win us games. And yeah. he was just that good. And I don't, I don't think Auburn has a Jabari Smith on their roster this year. But I think no. the team collectively is just a better team. I think they're they'll built for more for each other. I think Bruce is gonna have better game plans for the team rather than Jabari yeah. and Walker. Mm-hmm. And while, I mean, Walker blocked however many shots he blocked, 
and Jabari did his magic every single night, just about. Um, that that doesn't always set up like Wendell running point. It was. Right. I think this year you're going to get more of a team that is built around each other and that probably has a higher ceiling and maybe a lower floor in some nights, but um, I think they're just going to be a better team. Right. I think that's going to be reflected in the team's record, but again, uh, come tournament time, I I tend to agree. There may be because of the experience, because of the way the team may end up playing a better, more cohesive style. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Zep Jasper was a red shirt freshman the 2018-2019 season for the College of Charleston. I was going to say, he, he wasn't on their Kimpon page that year, so he, he didn't play. I will say, Chance Wester has potential to be a guy who could win Auburn some games when Auburn needs somebody to win. I, I really believe that. I'm, I'm in on the hype train. Um, but, no, I agree. It's just, you know, going from – I think we're about to go from two superstars to a more cohesive unit, I guess. Um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. It's, it's very close. It is very close. We're almost there. We almost get to watch our, our guys. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't, uh, I can't find a reason to, to be yeah, super critical of the team before the season. Um, I don't yeah. think Do we're going to Do you tend be... to skew glass half full or glass half empty on, on things of this nature, Josh Dub? Uh, empty. Um, and, and I mean, even still, you're having a hard time well, finding. Like, I don't the... think I don't think we're going to be a two seed, right? Like, I just in, sure. in the NCAA tournament, March is going to come around. I don't think we're going to be a two seed. I think we're going to lose some of those 50-50 games, like that Missouri game last year. I don't think this squad wins that game. It was it was a road game. We scored like 50 points. KD yeah. won it late, but oh, I don't think so many things could just go right for that team in the regular season. And they did. And it was great. Um, you know, we kept the number one ranking, all that stuff. I think we're going to lose some of those games, but the, the end result painter, like you were saying, is going to be a better team, a higher ceiling come March. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is half empty. I mean, half full. Maybe I'm lying to myself. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think we're on the same wave. I just was kind of curious to see how much you'd poked holes in different things, but I, I, I tend to agree, Dave. What were you saying? Well, you know, it's a tournament team, and, like, this is Auburn, you know? Like, five, seven, ten years ago, like, we don't go into seasons. We're like, oh, this is – what what seed are we going to be in March? Like, is like, right. are we going to go to the tournament? And now it's like – And the answer was no, right. by the way. Nobody yeah. went into the season going, yeah, you know what? I think we have a good chance this year of being one of the best 60, 70 teams. Yeah, and, I mean, we're just – we're getting to the point where it's like, what seed are, are – what if you're not a top to four a, seed, you're right, like, wait a minute, problems. what? Yeah, what's happening? Um, but yeah, man, I I needed to be here quickly because other other things not going super well. Volleyball though, still, I mean, I know you don't cover volleyball, but balling out, doing very well. Yeah, no, we like to shout them out. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's some other people, as we always say, that cover that very well. Justin Lee, I know, has been on top of that. Uh, anything else uh, before I let both of you boys go? It is late, so I know y'all have things to do and sleep to get. Uh, I have uh, I have an exercise I, I'd like to put us all through. Go for quick. it. I'd like to go around the circle here. I'd like I'm going to go last. I would like everyone to say one positive thing about the 2022 Auburn Tigers football team. 
Okay, it's your exercise. You have to go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter are both extremely talented and doing very well. I think it speaks well of the team that even though they are sometimes getting their stuff pushed in um, and definitely not winning games, <laughs> that they seemingly have not quit. And uh, I don't know if that's just their own... You know, I don't know if there's any morality attached to that, but there is something admirable about playing hard, regardless of the fact that things are not going well. But I think it's more than that. Like they, some of them, at least in their public comments, have very strongly voiced their support for their head coach. Um, they believe in this guy, and they believe what in what he's doing. And I mean, look, that is awesome. Like for those kids, that is great. I want them to believe that this guy can do it because you got to run out of that tunnel every Saturday. And if you don't believe that your head coach can lead you to victory, then, I mean, we saw that at the end of 2012, Mm -hmm. like that, that team quit before opening kickoff in several of those games. Um, This team is, could not be further from that. I mean, they all through Ole Miss, they weren't down what 21, nothing. Yeah. And, I mean, they, it was like they faced it head on and, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of them for that. I, and Jarquez this year, um, I'm just kind of, I don't, I don't have a single take. I'm just stealing both <laughs> of y'all's. Jarquez has, has really, really, I feel like the, uh, okay, I'll say this. The offensive play calling for Jarquez Hunter has been phenomenal. They seem to give him the ball. They, they, they draw <laughs> up plays for Jarquez that really highlight his skill set. There the offensive play calling for one guy has been awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. That's exactly. I don't what think I, we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna do better than that. That's so exactly uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Josh Dub, thank you very much. Of course, uh, appreciate you gracing us with your presence, uh, especially given that it's late. I know you got family and work. Uh, most people listening are already familiar with you at this point. I also However, have, I also have family and work, Painter. You don't you say do. that at the end of our episodes. You do, but I'm much more comfortable uh, impeding on your personal time. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, where can people follow along to get those wonderful niche stats? Uh, at JoshDub underscore on Twitter. Josh Dub is some big YouTuber um, who uh, <laughs> stole my name. Um, but Wait, really? Well, not really. I don't know. He's okay. much more famous than I am. He has like a million subscribers. Well, there you go. Oh, things are you'll, going well. You'll get there. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you will never um, see this man. If you follow this man on Twitter, you will never see him tweet at a recruit, right? Right. Yeah, you better not. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm I, with I, you on that. Look, no matter how bad it is, I am going to try to dig up some fun, obs- obscure statistics and try to post them this week. It's typically first half of Mondays, um, so we'll see. He's at Dave C. McKinney. I think we might be doing FOTP. Dave ghosted Pablo and I on the last group message, so that's still well, up in the air. I was but. in the mountains, uh, you know. <laughs> Painter, also, you you just said I'm at Dave C. McKinney. You left the C out when you announced this episode, and you said that we would be joined by some guy who works for the Chicago Tribune, whose name is also Dave McKinney. So <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't make this episode, but he got a tweet about it. 
Oh, like, thank you for telling me that. I yeah, didn't know why. He left uh, the sea out. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, he was. Because you're usually pretty good about like retweeting right. stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm a little surprised you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that would be why. He works for WBEZ Chicago and has a podcast about Rod Goldboyevich. <laughs> <laughs> so, great job, Bayer. We'll see y'all soon. Ferg and I will be back for the preview podcast in a few days. Sincerely yours forevermore